Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. The cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. That is Betty Ong, the American Airlines flight attendant on Flight 11 out of Boston, about 20 minutes before 9-11 lead hijacker Mohammed Atta crashed the plane into the South Tower of the World Trade Center. Then the other plane hits the North Tower. Hey, can you look out your window right now? Yeah. Can you, can you see God about 4,000 feet, about 5 east of the airport right now? Looks like he's... Yeah, I see him. You see God? Look, is he descending for the building also? He's descending really quick too, yeah. Well, that's... Oh, he's 500 feet now. He just dropped 800 feet in like, a, like one, one sweep. That's, that's another situation. Who, what kind of airplane is that? Can you guys tell? I don't know. I'll read it out in a minute. Another one just hit the building. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Another one just hit the building. Another one just hit the the whole building just came apart. Holy smokes. With the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up in days, I thought it would be a good time to talk about the ringleader of the hijackers, Mohammed Atta, who lived and learned to fly right here in Palm Beach County. As I have told you many times, there's always a South Florida connection. In the summer leading up to the deadly terrorist attacks, 12 of the 19 hijackers lived in or had connections to Palm Beach County. Nearly the entire crew of the two jets that brought down the north and south towers of the World Trade Center were here. Listen to this compilation of air traffic control tapes from that fateful day. I am monitoring a call in which Flight 11, the flight attendant is advising our reps that the pilot, everyone's been stabbed. aircraft headed towards New York, and we need you guys to, we need someone to scramble some F-16s or something up there to help us out. Is this, is this real world or exercise? No, this is not an exercise manifest. A lot of smoke in lower Manhattan. It's Otis Tower. I have an active air defense scramble uh, F-15s climbing to flight level 2900. All aircraft on the ground for a national emergency. The region commander has declared that we can shoot down aircraft that do not respond to our direction. Let's copy that. You read that from the vice president, right? Vice president has cleared. United 93, have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? Because we he, have information. He, he, he did not land. Oh, he's down? Yeah, down? somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Wow. Well, who was Muhammad Atta? Well, get this. I lived in the same apartment complex in Delray Beach as Muhammad Atta the Delray Racquet Club off of Linton Boulevard. In fact, he came over one day and asked for a cup of sugar. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever met him. I was there in 97 and he was there in 2000. But still, I can say the 9-11 lead hijacker was my neighbor. Oh my God, so both towers are now. Terrorist Mohammed Atta was born in Egypt in 1968 he studied at Cairo University, got his degree in 1990, and then studied at the Hamburg Technical University for several years in Germany and completed his studies in 1999. And while a student, he traveled to Afghanistan where he trained with Al-Qaeda. 
And in 2001, Otto went to the United States where he trained as a pilot in Florida. And during the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, Otto is believed to have piloted American Airlines Flight 11, which crashed into the World Trade Center. You can hear his voice in this accidental cockpit transmission to air traffic control. Is that American 11 trying to call? Buddy, we have some planes. Just stay quiet and you'll be okay. We're heading to the airport. And uh, who's trying to call me here? American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody move. Everything is okay. If you try to make any move, you injure yourself and the airplane. Let's stay quiet. Nobody move, please. We're going back to the airport. Don't try to make any stupid moves. He must have learned his English in Germany because you can hear it. Don't and but they move. Ugh. 33-year-old Otta used his own name to book the ticket on the September 11th flight, unlike the other hijackers who used stolen identities to confuse authorities. The other Florida connection on that fateful day, President George W. Bush was in the classroom with students at Emma E. Booker Elementary School in Sarasota when he learned about the hijackings. Get ready. May. Yes, May. Get ready. Kate. Yes, Kate. Get ready. Kate. Yes, Kate. Get ready. Kate. Yes, pain. Boys and girls, you're going to read these words again. Here's President Bush's chief of staff. But as the president was getting ready to go into a classroom filled with very young second graders, a staffer from the Situation Room came up to the president, the principal of the school, and to me as we stood at the door and said, Sir, it appears a small twin-engine prop plane crashed into one of the towers at the World Trade Center in New York City. Our collective response was, oh, what a horrible accident. The pilot must have had a heart attack or something. And then the principal of the school opened the door to the classroom and the president went into the classroom. When the door shut and I was standing at the door, that same staffer came to me and said, Sir, it appears it was not a small twin-engine prop plane. It was a commercial jetliner. And then a nanosecond later, uh, that same staffer came to me and said, oh my gosh, another plane hit the other tower at the World Trade Center. I knew then, and believe it or not, I thought about Osama bin Laden, UBL, we called him. I knew it wasn't a coincidence. I knew it wasn't an accident. And I thought that it was some kind of an attack. And I knew that I had to tell the president. In fact, I performed a test. Does the president need to know? The answer was obviously yes. I made a decision to pass on two facts and make one editorial comment. I opened the door to the classroom and walked in, and it was unusual for me to enter a room after the president had gone in. I saw the president sitting in front of the second graders. The teacher of the class was sitting beside the president. And then there was a break in the conversation at the front of the classroom, and I walked up to the president. I leaned over and whispered into his right ear, a second plane hit the second tower. America is under attack. The president stayed there, and I was really glad he did. He did nothing to introduce fear to those very young students. He did nothing to demonstrate fear to the media that would have translated it to the satisfaction of the terrorists all around the world. I was also glad that he stayed there because it gave me time to get some work done before the president came back to that holding room. So I was able to tell the staff, get the FBI director on the phone get a line open to the vice president, get a line open to the situation room at the White House, get the crew back on Air Force One. We weren't planning to take off for several hours later. Get the Secret Service to turn the motorcade around because we're going to have to leave the school. Get some remarks written for the president because we've got a thousand people in a gymnasium right next door and the president will have to tell them something. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is a, a difficult moment for America. I, um, unfortunately, will be going back to Washington after my remarks. I thank the folks here at uh, Booker Elementary School for their hospitality. Uh, today, we've had a national tragedy. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. I have spoken to the Vice President, to the Governor of New York, and to conduct a full-scale investigation to hunt down and to find those folks who committed this act. Terrorism against our nation will not stand. And now, if you join me in a moment of silence, may God bless the victims, their families, and America. Thank you very much. You have to wonder what it was like for President Bush sitting on the runway in Sarasota during that uncertain time. And apparently Air Force One, which transports the President of the United States, took off in an unconventional direction and climbed nearly straight up like a rocket at 8,000 feet per minute in the direction of the Gulf of Mexico. No one had ever seen such a steep and urgent ascent. I'll never forget that day. It was a day that changed America. I don't want anybody else to forget that day, not because I whispered in the president's ear, but because we lost an awful lot of American citizens that day. Meanwhile, prior to 9-11, Mohammed Anta was apparently on a flight with a United Airlines flight attendant who sat next to him for more than two hours before the hijacking. When they released the pictures of the hijackers, I flipped. I mean, I absolutely flipped out. That was this guy who had sat next to me for two and a half hours, who brutally murdered my friends on 9-11. The flight attendant named Surya said that Muhammad Atta seemed like such a nice man. In fact, he even gave her a memento, a token of remembrance. Lisa, Surya, thank you so much. You've been so kind and you've been so helpful to us. Thank you very much. And he goes, I want to give you something to remember, to remember me by. And he turns around and gives me a 10 dirham from the United Arab Emirates. It's a note and uh, I still have it. So that flight attendant sat on a flight with Mohammed Atta from San Francisco to Miami, not knowing what his plans were. But on the morning of 9-11, she said her phone started blowing up with 30 missed calls asking, are you okay? So she turned on the TV and called the airline. I called our coordinator in New York City immediately. I said, what is going on? Is anybody from United involved? And she said, Surya, We can't find two of our airplanes. They're missing. She still gets chills when she thinks about her encounter with Mohammed Atta, the German-educated architect and son of a successful lawyer. He simply did not fit the mold of a young Muslim suicide bomber. Typically, suicide bombers are raised in the politicized atmosphere of Lebanon and the Palestinian territories, areas with a long-standing hatred of Americans and Israelis. You know, bin Laden's son has been designated a global terrorist by the U.S. Do they know where he is, and does the bin Laden family even address him at, at all? They did talk about Hamza bin Laden, who is the heir apparent to Osama, according to the half-brothers. He has said that he will step up and avenge his father's death, and it does appear that he's, uh, he's committed his young life to, to doing that. They did say, and this is something that uh, I didn't have space to publish, that they do believe that he has married the daughter of Muhammad Atta, who was the lead hijacker 
in 9-11. So what that would say is that the 9-11 alumni remains very viable and very real, even uh, 17 years after the fact. Well, that very year in 2019, the Trump administration killed Hamza bin Laden. Reports are he did not marry Mohammed Atta's daughter. In the late 1990s, Atta is believed to have trained at an al-Qaeda camp in Afghanistan, which has now just fallen back to the Taliban. He was linked to an al-Qaeda terror cell in Hamburg in 1999, and while still in Germany, Atta began researching flight schools in the United States, according to the 9-11 Commission report. Atta entered the United States June 3, 2000, and soon enrolled in a flight school in Venice, Florida. He spent six months earning his pilot's license with a flight instructor named Rudy Deckers. Clear for, up. Clear for takeoff. Rudy Deckers went from the Dutch ghettos to the Florida airfields. He became president and owner of Venice, Florida-based Huffman Aviation International. And he personally trained Mohammed Atta to fly. We always went 10 miles out of the area. And this is a very quiet area. So they did the stalls here, the steep turns, um, their, their, their whole practicing. Atta was always very uh, by himself, didn't talk too much didn't like to talk to us, but I'll see he did. The morning after 9-11, the FBI came knocking on his door. He lost his money, his wife, and his business. That brought so much stress, lost financially everything. I was worth $12 million on paper, and after a year after 9-11, I was worth $46,000. When you lose your dream, when you lose all your money, I lived on the beach in Naples, had to sell the house. I lost everything. But I'm still here. Florida is the focal point of a billion-dollar flight school industry in the United States, training as many as a sixth of all pilots in the country. And Florida flight schools have garnered an international reputation for being the most affordable in the world. There are estimated to be about 200 flight schools in Florida. And apparently, Mohammed Atta flew planes out of Lantana Airport, North Perry Airport, Opalaka Airport, where there's a simulator. Those are all airports that I used to fly out of in our helicopter when I did traffic reporting in Miami for 12 years. So I know them very well. Hell, I probably crossed paths with Mohammed Atta several times. This is crazy how I was in a plane with this guy. But here's a Weston man who spent time with the lead hijacker, Mohammed Atta. They met face-to-face just two months before the 9-11 attacks. Mick Chiarelli had a Russian cargo plane, and Atta came in and was interested in the plane because he said he was going to open a parachute jump school in Port St. Lucie. WPLG spoke with Chiarelli. It was an Antonov. It's a Russian cargo plane. It's not a jet, but it's a big plane. Mohammed Atta came in interested in the plane because... The story was at the time he was going to open a jump uh, parachute jump school in Port St. Lucie. He knew exactly what he was looking for. The other two guys stayed silent. They really didn't do anything. They just kept walking around the plane and like inspecting. He was in the cockpit with me. He was talking. He, was, he knew what he was doing. He wanted to see logbooks. He wanted to know fuel information, how far he could fly. I believe that they were doing some kind of research. After the attacks, Chiarelli recognized Atta. And I said, holy bleep, I know that guy. I called up my partner and I said, did you see that guy that they're showing? And he goes, yeah, that guy was in our office. I second guess myself all the time. 
Mohammed Atta shopped at Target and Winn-Dixie, banked at SunTrust and Bank of America, visited Lion Country Safari, according to the documents declassified by the FBI. He used computers at the Boca Raton Library to connect via Internet with the 9-11 mastermind Osama bin Laden. It was very scary at the time. Here's then-Mayor Stephen Abrams of Boca. It was astounding because obviously we, all of us uh, as Americans, were glued to the events that unfolded on 9-11 and then to learn the very next day that those terrorists were actually in our community was a shock. Next day, started to receive calls that the FBI were throughout the city investigating uh, the terrorists right here in our city. So the terrorists who came to South Florida, including Atta, hardly kept a low profile in the weeks before the attack. They visited strip clubs, argued with bar managers, and intimidated hotel maids. And Atta quizzed an Atlantic Avenue pharmacist about how to relieve irritated hands and bought a utility knife in Boynton Beach. The former mayor of Boca, Abrams, said that Atta even used his barber to get his hair cut the week before the 9-11 attacks. And Mohammed Atta visited Belle Glade, where they grow sugarcane at least twice, to ask crop dusting workers about their operations. Less than a month before the attacks, he rented a four-seat Piper Archer single-engine aircraft for 90-minute flights from Palm Beach Flight Training in Lantana. And when a Delray Beach police officer stopped Atta for speeding, on July 5th, 2001, he gave Atta only a warning, even though a warrant had been issued for Atta a month earlier for not appearing in Broward County Court on a charge of driving without a license. Florida driver license applications were submitted for nine of the hijackers. Seven were identified as safe drivers. But they weren't really safe pilots, now were they? And they only learned how to take off, not to land. That would have been a red flag, at least for me. It was to one FBI agent, but that ball got dropped. So if you want to see photos of Muhammad Atta, you can go to Karen's crime blog. And I have a photo of him actually going through security at the airport at Logan with his freshly quaffed hair. And of course, his driver's license photo. He is such a scary looking guy. It looks like he has on eyeliner and he's just so intense looking. I can't imagine the fear he put into the passengers of that airplane, Flight 11, when he took it over and stabbed everybody. He just looks like pure evil. Holy smokes. Let's hope now that the Taliban has taken over Afghanistan, that Al-Qaeda doesn't spring up again or some other terrorist group. God bless America, and thanks for listening. That wraps up Full Rigor. Until next time.